0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At
1: chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, PDW, group we're prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host Menas and this is part of our special lockdown series uh, throughout the next period while we're all restricted to home apart from uh, essentials. I thought it'd be a good time to chat with cricketers all around the country and what a way to start with Alex Blackwell who played 251 games for Australia. Alex, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
0: Thanks, Andrew. Uh, I'm well. I'm at home trying to pass some time doing odd jobs like sorting out old files and photos. It's actually quite enjoyable digging out old photos from the early days when I was playing cricket at Gordon Cricket Club or when I was playing cricket for the Riverina. I look a lot different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can say
0: that. It's been a long cricket career. Yeah,
1: well, I was thinking, you know, this period for everybody – is going to be a time of reflection because, you know, we're kind of all at home. We've got, we've got more time on our hands, less running around. And, but for you, this is a really important time of reflection because, you know, you just drew to an end, your playing career, finishing up with the Sydney Thunder. Um, so, you, you know, now all the playing is behind you and you can really sort of step back and reflect on it and, I guess you just answered my question. It sounds like you have been a little.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and actually, I I think it's been a good time for me, Andrew, to just slow down for once. And even though I retired from Australia and New South Wales maybe nearly two years ago now, I still feel like I'm in that athlete transition phase, which is, is somewhat of an awkward phase. I've gone back to work. I'm sitting on Cricket New South Wales board. I'm doing lots of commentary work and speaking gigs and that sort of thing, but... I, I actually haven't become less busy since retirement. Um, and yeah, this moment, while it's a forced lockdown for everyone and it's not something that we would have wished for, I think personally I'm actually benefiting somewhat from slowing down. Um, and I needed, sometimes I need things to force me to slow down, I realise.
1: Yeah, well, in preparing for this interview, I mean, I can see you've, you've, you've got tons of stuff on the go, uh, you know, working a job on the board, you've also got the cricket commentary, and then you were just just playing for the Thunder in the WBBL. When you sort of take this time to look back at your long, successful career that includes three World Cups, captaining Australia, um, you know, numerous um, honours, you must be, I guess, very satisfied.
0: Yeah, I think, and I'll just correct you there, Andrew, three T20 World Cup victories, Two fifty over World Cup victories and a couple of World Cup losses. I, I won't count them. Um, so five <laughs> World Cups, five World Cup wins. I think I've been to seven total World Cups. It was it was a long career, as as you say. But uh, yeah, look, there's there's a lot that I'm proud of there, and I also realise now that I'm launching into these other roles that sports given me so much in terms of you know resilience and and other skills teamwork to sort of draw on when I'm now in new teams somewhat of a junior member of, a mature but junior member of of my new teams which um you know I'm really enjoying so um the the major role I'm doing at the moment is my 3 day a week job at Sydney Children's Hospital at Randwick and I'm a genetic counselor there so I'm one of the old era where we we actually had to have a job while we were playing um so that's my previous occupation, and I've I've fallen back on that. And obviously now, um, with professionalism, the current players don't really need to work during their time on the field, which which is a good thing in many ways.
1: Yeah, when you look at the way the game's changed, and I guess you know quite recently at the MCG when Australia won the T Twenty World Cup. You must just be gobsmacked at how far the game has come. And I guess, uh, were you emotional? I mean, there was images of Lisa Stalaker tearing up. I mean, how did you feel? You know, you speak about, you know, being one of the early (laughs) players. How do you feel when you see how far it's come?
0: I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, really. Um, It felt like a Super Bowl opening ceremony, you know, with Katy Perry and the dancing cricket bats. I mean, you would never have picked it. You know, she Katy Perry. I thought nailed the brief. She did a wonderful job, and and seeing all the young girls dressed in purple, which was sort of the color of International Women's Day, and just the the dancing that went on prior to the match, getting everyone in the mood. And I was fortunate to be on ground, preparing for um, Fox Sports and ABC roles. And, yeah, just to be so close to the action. Obviously, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was um, preparing to play in a match like that. I've been a part of many World Cup finals. And if I was a player on that night, I'm not sure I would have been able to soak it up as much as, as I was able to do as a commentator. Um, but, yeah, what what was it, 86,000 people? Um, yep. Just unbelievable scenes. I just loved the way Elisa Healy attacked the game from ball one, really, and I just look at her and think she's she was born for that. You know, she was born for that moment and yeah. she took it with both hands. Incredibly well supported by Beth Mooney, player of the tournament at the other end and Australia were just too good and I think they're the sorts of players that rise in the big occasions and unfortunately for India they didn't have as many of those people in in their lineup. So they were just outclassed and for for all of us Australians um, we were just so thrilled to see Australia get through for one because it was obviously extremely (laughs) lucky that the rain stopped at the SCG and then for them to dominate in a packed house at the MCG it was, um, you know, dreams come true.
1: And when um, some of the stars of that team, like Elise Perry and Meg Lanning and Elise Healy, came into the Australian side when you were playing, could you see how good they were going to be?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, they, they, they were sort of a crop of players who are now the the veterans and seniors of that Australian team. Who I think you could already see the benefits of good, well-established pathway systems, especially when I talk about the New South Wales systems that I, that I know really well and, and those underage teams dominate and have won so many titles back-to-back. So um, Elisa Healy and, and Elise Perry, two of many who have come through those underage teams, but once they hit the ground at the, the, the highest level, it, it, again, it just feels like they were they were made for it. They were they're ready to go and to take their place and to actually you know perform straight away. If you think about ten years ago when Elise Perry bowled the last over of the twenty ten World Cup final, the one I was captaining, yeah, you know, she was an she was an absolute pup then. Um, and she had the real responsibility to, to bowl us to a World Cup win in that last over. Yeah, there were many other performances that day. You know, I think Shel Nitschke bowled the house down. But for Elise Perry to hold her nerve in that last over was a huge moment and she was just a kid.
1: Was that the one she stuck the boot out or was that the one after?
0: Yeah, that's the one. It, it's You know, the, the imagery is sort of lasered into our minds now. Um, Elise Perry bowling to Sophie Devine. Uh, Sophie smashes it back towards the straight boundary and and Pez gets her right big toe on it. And as soon as the the ball strikes her foot, we realise we've won a World Cup. And we probably didn't deserve to with the the runs we had on the board. It was only 106 runs and we found a way to defend it. And sometimes those low-scoring games are the most exciting. And when you think about the MCG final, yeah, it was 160,000 people Australia performed very well, but it was a very one-sided game. If I could ask for one thing that could have been better, it would have been that, you know, it was a a closer contest. That would have just capped off a wonderful night.
1: Yeah, I I think the only good thing about the final was it was a great spectacle that, you know, Australia batted so well and they they bowled India out. There was quite a lot to watch. But let's go back to that 2010 T20 World Cup that you spoke of. I've heard you uh, say in other interviews that that was probably – one of the biggest highlights of your career uh, I think you, mm. your identical sis, twin sister was in the team um you were the captain I guess why is that particular win so special
0: yeah so so my identical twin sister Kate she wasn't in that side but she was in the first ever T20 international for Australia we we're in in the the team that got the first numbers so uh, Belinda Clark's got number one because she was captain it was a uh, um, T20 against England in 2005 and because Kate and I have a last name Blackwell um, I got number two and Kate got number three so that the, the first Australian T20 team was given their caps in alphabetical order bar the captain so yeah Kate didn't play a T20 World Cup but she was very much a part of the Southern Stars history but the 2010 T20 World Cup final and and that tournament there's so much to sort of remark on but it it was the first of Australia's now five T20 World Cup wins um I'm talking for the women I'm really hoping the men can get their first on home soil later in the year all things going well with this COVID nineteen yeah. situation, but um, yeah, look, I think the reason it stands out so much for me is I was called upon to captain, and that was unexpected because um, it was through through an injury to Jodie Fields, the current captain, that um, I needed to step up as vice to captain that side. I, I hadn't I hadn't led the New South Wales Breakers yet, you know, it was a big ask for me, but I was well supported by my vice captain Shelley Nitschke and. And the senior players and, and Richard McGuinness um, and Catherine Fitzpatrick, the coaching staff. So, you know, to step up as captain to lead the team to victory, uh, it was such a, you know, clinch victory off the last ball. Uh, and also our Australian men's team were cheering us on from the balcony. Uh, and to have Michael Clark there with us at the end to celebrate with us. They'd lost their final just before. Uh, And they stuck around to watch us. And I think that moment for me, the the images of Michael and the boys cheering us on and and genuinely enjoying the spectacle um, of a a really close contest and to see Australia win the first uh, T20 World Cup, you know, it was sort of legitimising our sport, I felt. Mm. Um, And Michael was always... Great with that. He he would always comment on when he was talking about his team. He would say, "Yes, the Australian men's cricket team," and he was the first person to start doing that. I felt, and you know, I always thank him for that.
1: That is very nice to hear. I guess winning a World Cup is one of those few times as an athlete you can, I guess, sort of sit back and go, "I'm at I'm at my peak. I'm at I've climbed my mountain." Uh, You know, they must be the the sort of times that you really can soak it all up.
0: Winning a World Cup? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't at my best. I mean, at the time I thought I was at my best as a cricketer. It was definitely the pinnacle of my career in many ways, the excitement of that moment. But the thing I'm most proud of is actually I, I became a much better cricketer Even, you know, pretty much in the last few years of my career, that's when I played my best. And the thing I'm most proud of is that ability to keep finding a way to get better. And, yeah, I had a long career. I I felt like I finished when I needed to for many reasons, but pleased that I I stopped at the top of my game.
1: Yeah. Now, last couple, I just want to ask you a bit about your Well, your post-playing career now in 2018, you became the first woman to be elected to the Board of Cricket New South Wales in the organisation's 159-year history. I know some other people have been appointed, but you were elected. Uh, I guess you must be very proud. And what are some of the challenges you're finding about being on the board?
0: Uh, Well, it's really my my first board role, Um, so it's challenging to really understand what your role is as a board member and to think strategically and not get too stuck in the detail which which I'm a pretty detail-oriented person. I think yeah I'm I'm very proud to have been elected by the members to represent them and yeah I guess I'm someone who's always shown great interest in equality, fairness, uh, inclusion and I think that's what cricket continues to strive for and has, has put as a priority, as you can see with some of the amazing policies that have been established. And, you know, I'm pleased to say I was a part of some of the policies like the Trans and Gender Inclusion Policy at Cricket Australia
1: mm.
0: and the Parental Leave Policy, you know, really starting to just, you know, those, those final finishing touches, I think, to ensure that cricket is a sport for everyone equally. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's the sort of strength I bring to the board at Cricket New South Wales and then more broadly being a director within the cricket family. Uh, I can continue to to look for ways to, to keep enhancing that.
1: Yeah, I um, commentated on a couple of New South Wales WNCL games for the first time last season and I loved the cricket and, boy, that New South Wales breakers team has got some young talent to watch.
0: Doesn't it? Yeah. Who, who, who do you sort of enjoy watching who, who coming through? I know that you watch a lot of cricket, so well, is anyone standing out for you?
1: I think there's a lot of talent in that side, but the, the player that really stands out for me having a point of difference is Stella Campbell, um, the young yeah. uh, 17-year-old Quick. She's, she's very tall, and she gets bounced that you don't see a lot of other female bowlers get and and I think she yeah, could be a real handful on the yeah. international stage.
0: Yeah, and I think where if you've pointed out someone who hasn't yet really been spoken of enough, you know, she'll she'll get there and she'll start making her mark. We see the players like Hannah Darlington, Phoebe Litchfield um, from the Sydney Thunder in particular who have really burst onto the scene and 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 people are really talking about them. I reckon you've picked someone there who will will be sort of the next one through that we actually start talking about because you're right she's she's sort of physically intimidating she's a point of difference not many people bowl like she does and uh, yeah really excited to see how strong she's getting and you know credit to the Cricket New South Wales um strength and conditioning team I think that you know I'm seeing a lot of strong fast bowlers coming through like Hayley Silver Holmes another one so Yeah, it's great to see.
1: Yeah, I think um, Phoebe Litchfield's going to be a star. She's got an amazing batting technique.
0: Can I tell you a story about Phoebe? Um, So her and I played in the Bushfire Appeal game and uh, I was padded up waiting to bat and uh, Sachin Tanduka was our coach so he was sitting next to me or I should say I was sitting next to him and uh, Phoebe faces her first ball. She's batting with Brian Lara at this stage and left-handed batter Phoebe and she strikes her first ball through the covers uh, no run but beautifully out of the middle and uh Sachin turns to me and says so she's 15 and I say (laughs) actually she's 16 but yeah I know she's amazing so um you know it only took one ball for perhaps the greatest player (laughs) of the modern era Sachin Tanduka to to comment so yeah I think she's going to be great and uh, I'm very proud that she's a, a country player from New South Wales.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I agree with Sasha. And she's going to be fantastic. All right, last one, Alex. Before I let you go, all right. Now you're switching from player to commentator. Do you know what sort of commentator you want to be now? Oh,
0: look it's it's a real privilege for me to be able to step into calling the game after a long career. I think 19 consecutive seasons playing elite cricket. So yeah, to step into commentary and to have that opportunity with uh, Fox and ABC more recently, it's uh, it is a real thrill. And I, you know, I'm I'm learning every day. I I feel like I, yeah, you know, just need to back myself and call the game and enjoy it as well. I I, I get quite serious and a bit game face, a bit like what I do uh, when I'm playing. And um, I, I'm sort of lightening up and easing into it and and really enjoying the teams that I'm working in. I guess, you know, I, I can call any of the games. I've, I've done my test match debut, which was uh, yeah, a different prospect. I've been doing a lot of T20 cricket and that would be my bread and butter. I absolutely love calling um, the T20 World Cup for women uh, and also the WBBL. I'll probably do a bit more of that coming, coming up. But um, yeah, I guess it it supplements what I do away from cricket as well because I actually really enjoy the balance I've got having had a long playing career and I'm sitting on the board it is really important for me to not overdo it from a cricket point of view so I've got just about the right balance at the moment and and really enjoying it
1: well sounds like it um Wonderful opportunities ahead when this is all over. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I've wanted to chat to you for ages. We finally got to do it. Um, So (laughs) thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll run into each other next summer.
0: Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It's been a pleasure.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Alex Blackwell, the most capped Australian female cricketer. And that was another lockdown special. So throughout this period... Paul's going to be doing some history podcasts. I'm going to be doing some one-on-one interview with former and current players, and we'll also have our regular weekly episodes. So head to Oz Cricket Pod, that's A-U-S Cricket Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, at Ameners. You can find the podcast on TikTok, TikTok as Cricket Unfiltered. I've been your host, Andrew Mensel. Thanks again to Alex Blackwell, and we'll be back soon with another podcast.